You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Hi, I'm Jackie Lewis, and this is Love Period, a podcast about loving yourself, your posse, and the world fiercely on the way to making a better life and a better world. Today, my guest is Kaliswa Brewster. Kaliswa is an actor, and she makes things. But she also helped me to produce this podcast and has been my mentor around all things social media. She happens to be a member of Middle Church. And when I see Kaliswa, I think, oh, that was me when I was, you know, five years ago. (laughs) Kaliswa, welcome. It's so good to be with you. Oh, it's so good to be here, Jackie. And it's always funny to hear you say that that I'm you five years ago, because I definitely feel like you are me five years in the future. (laughs) (laughs) We're both teasing about the number five, but it is so true. Still, you get the point. I have such such magical feelings about you always, Kaliswa. Your energy is so beautiful. Uh, Your joy is so contagious. And I'm so glad uh, to have you here in this moment, mentoring us about what it means to love yourself and love your friends and love your posse and love the world. I'm excited. I'm definitely glad to be here. And it feels full circle because I've learned so much from you and from middle and the middle community about loving myself and loving my neighbor and loving the world. So this is um, full circle having this conversation. So CAC and this podcast, like, how did this come about? Like, what is this collaboration? Why are you and CAC uniquely, like, matched to make this love period podcast? I'm curious about that. That's such a good question. I I feel uh, so deeply connected to the CAC community, uh, first through years of being inspired by Father Richard Rohr, who is my priest, um, and his meditations and his teachings and just you know, his lovely, lovely spirit moving in the world. Uh, And then I made friends with with two young women who started a program called Widen. uh, And they are miraculous people, as you know. And they invited me to do some things with them to to mentor young people. Uh, We've done great work together. And then I had a chance to help uh, Father Richard launch his book, The Universal Christ. So I feel like we've crisscrossed um, you know, with Lindsay and Tiffany and with Father Richard and these webs of connection we've made um, bound us together. And I said out loud one day, I'd love to do a podcast. And, um, you know, when you say things out loud, sometimes the universe says yes. And then Corey Pig enters this situation and then you enter the situation. And suddenly our dreams come true of having this kind of fierce love talk, Kaliswa, in the spaces of CAC. The work I've done with Lindsay and Tiff and Richard, they, they have found in me, I think, the, con- the contemplative life that is, that is really so much non-dualistic thinking, that's a CAC brand and, and yeah, ethic, then they find in me a kind of activist, revolutionary lover. Mm-hmm. And those things go together because our theologies are so closely aligned. And I just think it's been a beautiful partnership. And this is the result. 
I'm so, I love everything that you said about that, especially because I've been to the Widen Retreat. It is amazing. That was my first introduction to CAC in general. And um, I, I was already a member of your church, but my background with spirituality and religion is that it's always an either or. So first of all, I didn't know what mysticism was, non-dual thinking, no idea what that was. They taught me a lot about the Enneagram. I didn't know what that was <laughs> But the fact that like, I always thought, well, you had to be a Christian and then that's the thing and you can respect all these other things. But it's like, wow, no, different ways of thinking and being and expanding and widening into the universe and loving more are possible. So that's one of the reasons why I'm super excited about this collaboration. Me too. I'm curious about like love, like you're all revolutionary love, like love as an ethos, like love as a way of life, love as a healing. Like, is that, is that, is that for real though? Like, is that like all hippy dippy, skippy whippy? Or like, do you think love really can heal the world? And <laughs> where does it start if, if it can? Yes, it is. Love, love can feel hippy dippity. It can feel Foo-foo-foo-foo. It can feel codependent love songs. It can feel, you broke my heart and you never came back, you know. Uh, but I think the kind of love I'm talking about, Kaliswa, has some elements of that. Uh, we, You know, we all love a good date uh, night with some popcorn and some Chardonnay watching a movie or whatever. We all know that feeling of first blush and, like, passion. That's part of love. Uh, mm-hmm. The Greek words for love are many, you know. Um, eros that make you tingle, uh, philia that makes you feel like we're, like our chemistry is so friendly, yeah. <laughs> like I've known you forever, and also agape, the kind of love that comes from God and that feels like it's unconditional. I, I wish there was another word that I knew for Greek for what I mean by fierce love. I don't mm-hmm. have the Greek word for fierce love, but I think we all know what it's like. It's like do not get between a mama bear and her cub, right? It's mm. like, I will throw down for you because you're my posse. It's like, I will jump in the streets and march because George Floyd got murdered, right? Or mm-hmm. because those women got molested or because the climate is is uh, in trouble. Those kinds of ways of loving, um, your girlfriends, you stay up all night. You know, I know who your secret besties are and you mm. just stay up all night talking to Keisha and them and, you know, uh, that kind of love and the kind of love I feel for John and that we feel for our grandparents, all we all know what we're talking about, right? We all know what we're talking about. But how do we live it out? We take the, 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 the libido of Eros love. We take the mm. friendship of filial love. We take the unconditional nature of agape love and we turn it toward ourselves. Mm-hmm. Imagine being in love with yourself, like you're fine mm-hmm. and hot and lovely, right? You turn That's it wild. toward yourself, right? You turn it toward your friends, the same kind of passion that would make you get all dolled up and get ready for Valentine's date, date toward your friends, right? Like I'm going to love my friends with that kind of power and romance, and I'm going to love the world like I love my grandbabies. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to love all those babies like I love my grandbabies. That's what I'm talking about. And this is the kind of love that James Baldwin would say is a battle and is a growing up. Mm. It, it will transform us and change us and stretch us. And I am convinced it is the power that will heal our world, make our lives better and make the world better. I'm so interested in so much of what you said. And then 
something that feels like particularly revolutionary for me. I know self-love has become like a branded commercial thing, but like to actually learn to truly love yourself is a hard task. And one of the things that I'm curious about is when we're looking at all of the violence we've seen in the 400 years that Black people have been in this country and the violence we've seen over the past few years with the last administration and the anger out of COVID, like, I am very curious about that link between we think we're talking about big social issues, and we are, but how many of those people that are doing violence, that are holding hate, don't actually love themselves? And what does it mean then to get everybody to be able to love love themselves first, you know, because it works outside in and inside out. That's right. That's right. And and it's possible, Calispa, that, you know, that self-love is a chicken egg thing. You know, I mean, I was in a beautiful conversation uh, recently about attachment with children. So that's a weird thing to talk about. But like a baby is with their dad, their mom, and they um, go away a little bit and they come back. Right. They go away a little further and they come back. And that what happens when they come back, what happens when they are received and loved and held is, is an attachment. And that attachment grows confidence. That attachment grows, um, you know, uh, self-affection. The affection you get from your parents is what helps you practice giving it to yourself. Mm-hmm. But we might have missed that. Like it might have might have might not have happened well at home. And that doesn't mean it can't be changed. It can be changed because you can have a friend that'll give you that mm-hmm. attachment love, right? You can have a therapist that'll give you that attachment love. So I don't think we have to give up even on the most violent person. It could be that they missed self-love and they're angry and they're sad and they feel desperate. But it could also be that in a community, they can be loved back to their better self. I really believe that. And, and I do think you're hitting on the truth, friend, that most of the people that are out there wounding, hurting, killing, smashing, just, you know, um, other folks have a hole in their soul where love could mm-hmm. be. So the question becomes, how do we help them get that back? And I want everyone to be thinking about this. Like in your life, the person that is the one who you know doesn't love themselves, what's your job in that? What's your relationship in that? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you take them on as a, as a partner to remind them that they're beautiful, to um, to be a good deep listener to where their heart is broken, to to be honest with you. Uh, one of my chapters in my book is to be fiercely honest. Because also, when you love somebody, you don't let them act like a crazy butthead mean person without saying, that's kind of mean. Yeah, loving is like holding people accountable, showing a mirror to them. Um, Have to do that. Some of my best friendships are... Not people who tell me I'm awesome all the time, people who love me and do believe that, like, I am awesome, but, like, are willing to hold me accountable for ways that I don't show up for myself and for the world in the way that they know that I'm capable of and the way that they know that I want to. Right. So that 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 makes me think of this word posse that you use. Like, I feel like you talk about loving yourself, loving your posse, and loving the world. Like, what are those, what are those three sort of orbs what, what do they what do they mean to you and how do they relate? Yeah. Quickly, if you can. <laughs> I mean, the self, the self thing is, is obvious. And you and I know that the world teaches us not to love ourselves, that that's narcissism. It's not narcissism. It's, it's important. It's essential. Mm-hmm. It is the beginning of everything. When I think about your posse, I think about your family, 
but also your made family, right? Mm-hmm. Like the people that you love that are related to you by blood, but the people that are your homegirls and homeboys, the people that you trust, the, the, the people that you have pulled into your life um, as as made, created family. That's what I mean by posse. Chosen family sometimes. Chosen yeah. family. Yep, that's right. And by world, I mean everybody outside of that. So that actually could be colleagues at work that you're not that close with, but that you need to partner with. World means, you know, the kid in New Delhi that doesn't have enough food on the table. I want our stomachs growling when that kid's hungry. I want us to think about ourselves as light moving in the world that that has no borders, that, that the mm-hmm. light and love of fierce love has no borders. You can be a love agent when the Australia, when Australia is burning down, you can be a love agent when the kid in Detroit still doesn't have clean water. You can be a love agent about Mother Earth. I think the best way we love ourselves is this love goes around and around like that from us to posse, back to ourselves, out to the world. We take people out in the world with us to love. And this, I think, is actually um, the healing force. I think some people have religion and faith and some people don't. But either way, we can all look to love as a a principle, an ethic, and a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I'm also curious about is I know that you're going to be having beautiful conversations with so many people who just blow my mind, like Barbara Brown Taylor to Titus Burgess to Ruthie Lindsay. And these people are all so different and probably come from very different worlds. And yet these conversations are are all about love. My question, I guess, is you are a very front-facing You've said, I've heard you say several times that if there's a fire, you're going to literally go run into it. You're going to rescue who's ever there. Like, you're going into the fire. You are, if there is a picture of an activist in a dictionary, you're going to see Jacqueline J. Lewis right there smiling (laughs) with her fists in the air. And a red lip. (laughs) And a red lip looking flat. But my question is like, so I'm curious because I have to believe that all of these people that you're speaking to they're loving fiercely, but it maybe it doesn't look the same way that you do. And not everybody is an activist. So how, how do you answer? Is Are there ways of, of answering that call to love that are smaller? Do we all do it the best we can? Like, what do you say? Does it look different on different people? That's such an insightful question. There's this quote that says preaching is true through personality so that, that gives preachers kind of like free reign to say, I'm going to be the kind of preacher I am. And that's how spirit is gonna move. I would say loving fiercely uh, is love through personality. There, There is the, the quiet knitting, you know, COVID uh, separ- separated all by themselves mama that is loving fiercely by connecting with her kids on Zoom. There is the activist that's marching. There is the poet that's posting. There are the people baking cookies. Uh, the, when we when we get past this pandemic, we're going to see people being loving in the hospitality business. The kindness that you give to a stranger sitting at your table when you're waiting on them. You know, the, the way you treat your employees is about fierce love. Like, I see you. Make fun dates, play dates, you know, affirm people. For God's sake, you're doing awesome. Say, mm-hmm. all of these things change the atmosphere, Kaliswa, and you know it's true. We can be withholding it. Exactly. There's a phrase I I write where you love is like throwing a rock in a pond and it ripples and ripples until it builds a tsunami 
of love making change. I believe that that's that's our 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 human project is to make love everywhere. And yes, I said it. You said it, and it also brings me to. I mean, if I'm just can I just like quote the great Jackie Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> A word, a phrase that has been around, you did not invent it, but it's a core to who you are, how you teach, how you preach, how you move in the world is Ubuntu. Yes. And it it feels like that's also what you're saying. I am because you are. And if I see you and love you, I'm seeing and loving myself. So it's sort of reciprocal. And you can do that in big ways or you can do that in little ways. But however you do it, you're making the world a better place. Am I doing, am I, am you, I on the right I track? don't even think I need to say anything after that. That's exactly <laughs> right. This Ubuntu principle is like 2,000 years old almost from, from South Africa. But this idea of we are who we are in relationship to each other. I am human because you are human. Together we are human. I acknowledge you, you exist. All of those ways of saying it means I am inextricably connected to you, Kaliswa, and you to your friends. and you to the world and me to the world, and every single choice we make, every single decision we make, if we imagine that my stuff directly impacts you, what kind of choices do I make? And mm-hmm. your stuff directly impacts me. This is the revolution that we need. It is old, ancient, black people religion. Yeah. Is like, that we Ruby are Sales connected. Would say that, right? Yes, she yeah. would. So then my question is, because, you know, I always have to do the devil's advocate question for everything is like, how do you stop that then from being overwhelming? If every decision that I make affects someone else, like if I choose to buy a cell phone and I'm like, oh, my God, this someone's knocking on my door. Um, if I'm like, if I choose to buy a cell phone and I have to have a cell phone because it's 2021, we live in a world with them, but I know that that cell phone is hurting someone in some factory or what what's used to make the battery is hurt. How do you, how do you not get overwhelmed and just be aware, but not overwhelmed by the choices that you make? I think that it, it that's why I wanted to call it a discipline. Like it's, it's being a student, right? I call it a spiritual dif- discipline but we could call it a life discipline, but to just start with the question, how does this choice affect someone else, makes you uh, accountable to the best self that you want. What's the vision you want in the world? You, you buy a cell phone, but maybe your equal and opposite reaction is that you'll volunteer at a children's clinic, right? Or maybe you'll make a donation or maybe you'll educate people about what happens in the countries where the cell phones are made. And maybe you won't shop at Walmart. I mean, maybe you won't. Maybe you won't give more money to Amazon. Maybe you will and maybe you won't. But pausing to ask the question is the beginning of fierce love. The consciousness that I am not alone in the universe is, in fact, fierce. Yes. And so but and what you're saying is like we're, st- we're still human, so we're not going to be perfect. You we're not going to get it right but it's the discipline the striving that's right to live like like the day that i the first time i bought cosmetics i was like why is this popping up in my email i'm to be honest with you wait like, like cosmetics what cosmetics are cosmetics c-a-u-s-e medics cosmetics oh. right it's awesome i i have on the mascara it's amazing product not tested on animals right like clean living products Reasonably priced, clean products, and they make a donation to women every time you buy something. Okay, I didn't know that. Now our mm-hmm. now our listeners know that. But those kinds of choices that we can make are there for us 
to discover, to share with each other, and to just rewire, just rewire how we live and how we move in the world Mm -hmm. as light, as love. Well, what are you most excited about, about this specific podcast called Love Period? What are you most excited about putting out into the world with this? Well, I think think I've got two most exciting things. The first one I'll say is to partner with CAC, which is to say to be able to be in relationship with these people who are doing amazing work all the time, all the time. Just feels good. That feels like an act of love between us. And in the way that, you know, I mean, Father Richard Rohr is white and a priest and I am black and a pastor, right? We are not the same. He's a man, I'm a woman. But that we're aligned and that we have similar theologies to me models the love I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. That's one. Yeah. Secondly, I have had so many different kinds of friends, so many different kinds of people coming to the podcast yes. that people who've never heard of Titus Burgess will be listening um, mm-hmm. Because Lindsay came, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people who never, who who Barbara Brown Taylor knows, will come because well because Wajahat is there. So mm-hmm. there's just this kind of cross pollination happening that excites me. I'm super excited about because about that because it feels like when you're listening to you know like I'm this kind of I listen to this kind of music and then like someone sneaks in like some jazz and you're like what I thought I was like the punk rock girl but now I'm listening but all these things speak to like a higher good you know like there's so many different ways to be so many different instruments to play and you got a full orchestra Jackie Lewis yes I do (laughs) and and the generosity of people that'll come because we are all different but all moving using different language when I've talked to Waj Ali Muslim secular you know, activist uh, personality. I feel in him how much we're alike. Mm. I, I feel I I feel his heart, like I feel Barbara's heart. And my hope is that as people are listening to these different kinds of people saying similar kinds of things about the universe that we can create together, mm-hmm. that they will be in their own lives going, that store clerk in the hijab. Is kind of mm-hmm. like me. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I have one last question for you um, because, you know, I look up to you like immensely, even though we have this like quirky, <laughs> relationship. crazy relationship. <laughs> crazy. Like, oh, I'm looking at myself. Um, although I don't have all the degrees <laughs> and all the. But I am so, um, I'm not experience. an agent, which yeah. you are. Um, yeah. But is there anything about this journey that you're on? Because I know that you, we've all been in a fire the fire of this past year. You've literally been in a fire, the fire of the burning of your church. I know you're in the fire of birthing a book. It seems like you are like in a lot of fires right now and that something beautiful is being built. But is there anything, is there anything like, I don't mean like, is I don't mean fear like you're scared, but is there anything that like scares you in a good way about all of these things that you're birthing right now and and even the birth of this podcast is there anything like any good fear oh i love that colors but good fear i i think i have a fear fear that i that i'm i'm kind of actually moving in an unsustainable way if i'm honest Mm -hmm. you know um when we're done i'm going to be late to a meeting and i'm deciding to be late because this is too good to stop Mm -hmm. but there's something every moment every moment that demands me. Yeah. 
And I've made a promise to myself, uh, I deliver the manuscript soon after this uh, conversation, that I'm going to really be mean to myself about keeping my Sabbath. In other words, to really love myself. That Mm -hmm. from Friday night till Sunday morning, I'm just doing me and John. And Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that if I don't do that, then I can't be authentic to teach it. Yeah. That's my good fear is... Don't, don't be telling people to love themselves and you can't even take a day off, girl. Be honest. I love that. Yeah. 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 Even teachers need teaching. Even therapists need therapists. Like, That's right. I love that. So wherever you get your podcast, friends, if you're hearing this um, and you're, I'm getting to see Calissa's beautiful face, but you'll get to hear her beautiful voice and, <laughs> um, and her fingerprints and Corey's fingerprints all over this beautiful podcast. Um, wherever you pick them up, wherever you listen to podcasts, May 3rd, love period. Come and come soon. On, come and get some. Join the love great. train. And love train, love shack. That's what another is? song. Look both. Oh, love, love shack. Love Which one are you trying to do? Girl, I don't know, but I'll, you sing, I'll follow. People all over the world. world. Join, Join him. Nobody wants to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to come and listen if we continue. Yeah. Okay, bye. We're not going to. This behavior. Okay, bye bye. <laughs>